0: And when you check out, make sure that you plug in and type in Dry Creek, all one word, for a 10% discount. Good afternoon. Uh, Welcome to the podcast today. And I'm glad you could join me. Today is May 13th, it's Saturday. We just, the last students from this week of school out here in Wyoming left this morning. And then tomorrow afternoon, next week's uh, roll in. So we're taking a little bit of time today catching stuff up. Um, So it is a super windy, rainy, chilly day today. Has been for about the last three days. And so I'm in the tack room again, which has become my favorite piece of real estate around. Uh, So you might hear little noises in the background. There's the damper on the wood stove. I've got the wood stove fired up. And uh, you might hear the rain or the wind and different things. I'm not in an official soundproof uh, podcast booth somewhere. We just do it right here where we're at. Do what we do. And uh, so I got a wood stove going. I got coffee on the stove. I'm trying to get, get that made. Now, you know, I made, a long time ago, I made a video on making campfire coffee. And I used a percolator. Uh, but there's another deal that I use a lot that I haven't talked about, and that's what I'm using in here. Uh, I don't even know officially what these things are called. I think it's a like an espresso maker or something. You put it on a stove or you put it on the fire and you put the water in the bottom and you screw it together in the middle put the grounds in the basket in the middle and it forces the water from the bottom up through the grounds and fills the top up. I think it's an espresso maker. I don't buy espresso grounds, um, but I really like the coffee that it makes. And the thing is, it's a lot faster if you're just making coffee for yourself. It's a lot faster uh, to make one cup in this than it is to wait for a whole pot of water to percolate. And I like it. I mean, I like the coffee that it makes. It, It makes good, strong coffee. So I've got that on right now. Um and uh we got our I got a basket full of this Juniper Mountain uh coffee which I'm just really enjoying. And I think I got I think I'm using the Camp Cook. Uh it's the dark roast. And I got a particus black label fired up here, and so we're uh, <clears throat> we're we're in a we're in a good shelter from the storm here at the moment. Um and uh so we'll just chat for a little bit. Uh, it's been a good, it's been a good two weeks, two weeks of school and had everybody. We've just had excellent folks. Um, I got a text, a series of texts this morning from a young man who was a student last week. He promptly went home and, uh, went to a, a ranch down there, a guest ranch and applied for a job and they took him out there and tested him on what he knew. And, uh, and he passed with flying colors and, and they hired him on the spot. So Dry Creek Wrangler School strikes again. Um, that's I don't know how many that makes now that have come through here that are now have wrangling jobs, but that really, really pleases me. I'm really, um, really happy for him and happy that we're able to do what we set out to do had an interesting week this week. Um, we, we did have a lot of bad weather roll in. Uh, went up on Wednesday, I think it was. Um, I, uh, so we jingle in the horses now. So the horses are kept about eight miles away up on, up on top, up in a lot higher country. And they're kept at a, a buddy's ranch up there. And the horses are out in a 200 acre pasture, just a wide open 200 acre pasture. And, uh, so we keep a horse at the barn, caught up, feed it hay, or we take a horse up to go out there and round up all the horses and run them into the corral so we can use them for the day. It's called jingling, We're jingling the horses. Well, those of you who've been on the with the video with us for a long time, you're familiar with Reba. Reba is a, our mule, and she's half broke. And uh, so I had brought Reba down here and worked her in the round pen a little bit, and uh, so we put her in the horse trailer and went back up on top when we went up to gather everything. And we got up there and I got the wild idea. I said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jingle them horses in on this mule. Uh, not the calmest, soundest, sanest decision I have made in a while, but it was exciting. Um, mules, uh, they bond differently with horses. And uh, so if you got a green broke or a half broke mule, they're really bonded with a horse and they're not bonded with you and they don't listen good. And so when them horses come galloping, went galloping by and we tried to roll in behind them. Man, she she bucked and she didn't buck hard and she didn't buck me off. If she bucked hard, she would have bucked me off because I don't ride bucking horses very good. Uh, But she bucked and took off after them. And of course, if you've ever ridden a mule, you know a mule can have a real stiff neck and a hard face, especially a green broken, and she is green broke. And uh, so basically it got to the point, I just sat back and enjoyed the ride. Will was jingling too on his horse, and so it wasn't like I was out there by myself, but uh, it was one of those deals I got done. It was a, man, what was I thinking? Uh, so so it's been interesting, and look forward to see what we got coming up this week. Um, when When I get a horse, when I get a horse in, and, uh, the, it does not matter if that horse is really fast. It does not matter if that horse is really athletic, uh, or if he's exceptionally smart or he's very willing. Uh, it doesn't matter if he's or she, it doesn't matter if they're really, um, uh, people oriented and they come up to get petted. It doesn't matter if they stand off by themselves and are standoffish and they're loners, uh, that doesn't matter there are things that i teach my horses and over time i teach all my horses uh, different abilities uh i like i like to hobble break all my horses um there's just things like that but my horses there's one ability that i insist on in all my horses um and uh, to me, it's the number one thing, and we don't work on other stuff until we get that taken care of. Now, you talking about Reba. We got Reba saddled. She didn't really want to be saddled, but we got it done without a fight. We just took her time, um, but when I got Reba out there and uh, tightened the cinch of them and got ready to go two or three times, she just turned her head and walked away. Like, I'm going back with other horses. I don't care about you. I'm not in with your program. It's just a mule thing. It wasn't, it's just, just a green broke mule. Okay. And so I brought her back, you know, I'd turn around and pull her back and you go to get in the saddle and she steps sideways and says, no, I don't, I don't think I want to be ridden today. And so we take her time and work on that. All of that is symptomatic of a, of a bigger, more foundational thing that we have to work on on our horses. Uh, the most important ability that my horse can have is dependability. I have to depend on them. Now I understand if I get a new horse, a young horse, a horse that hadn't been taught certain things. You know, I have to teach them, and I I have to work on their outlook and their understanding of their place in life. Uh, that's my responsibility. But the goal that I work towards is to make my horse. Dependable. Now I've, I've ridden with guys who had ranch horses, cow horses that were really tough horses. I mean, they go all day and they're cowie horses. And for the non horse folks, that means they have the same kind of instinct that a herding dog has like a, like a border collie or something. They have a natural instinct in them to go after and to herd and to move cows. They're cowie. Um, uh, And they're really cowy, really tough, everything. But those horses would, out in the middle of the day, out in the middle of nowhere, without warning, without thought, and without reason, they'll just start bucking. Just put their head down and just buck. Um, And I won't have a horse like that. I won't have a horse like that in my string, and I won't have a person like that in my life. Uh, You know, when we're young, we all have characteristics we like to see in the people that we hang around. Maybe when we're young, we, uh, you know, people like to be around people who are good looking. They don't care how lazy they are, how insipid they are, how shallow, how whatever they are. But if, if they're pretty, if they look good, that's what, and they won't hang around people or let people hang around them that they don't consider to be good looking. Um, and, for some people, it's nice people. Yeah, they have to be nice. And I can understand that because, you know, the old saying, mean people suck, is true. Mean people do suck. And so, but there's some people, their number one top recommendation for people in their life is that they be nice. And, but, of course, everybody's definition of nice is different. Uh, but I have found, as I have gotten to where I am in life, Uh, the most important thing to me in a person uh, is that they are dependable. The most important thing to me in my horses is that they are dependable. And you know, for for us as people, being dependable covers a multitude of sins. Uh, If we're not the sharpest knife in the drawer, if we're not particularly as brilliant as those around us, if we're not as physically gifted and athletic as those around us, if we do not have the experience that those around us have, one thing that we can always improve immediately without getting training, without going to school, is our dependability. We can just be dependable. If you can't be the biggest, strongest guy on the job site, you can be the most dependable one. Um, I had, I had to get a job a while back in North Carolina. I was in between riding jobs. And so I got a job, uh, driving forklift for a lumber yard for just a few months. And I told him when I hired on, I said, look, uh, I've driven forklift before. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to be the fastest guy on the yard, but I will be the guy on the yard that tears up the least stuff that dumps the least loads off the forks. I'll be the guy that gets stuff done. And they're like, man, that's good enough. We'll take that. And so that's what I strove for. Some of those guys were super, super fast. You ever work with forklift drivers in warehouses or on lumberyards and stuff? Some of those guys are incredibly fast. And we had one guy on there that he just, he drove his forklift like he was a Formula One driver, but he dumped and tore up and smashed and broke boards three times more than I did. And he would dump stuff off on the ground and then not pick it up. He wouldn't show up on time for work. He'd do this. He'd do that. I could not drive a forklift as flashy as he could, but I was dependable. I was dependable. When I'd had enough of that job and said, "I'm going back out west. I'm gonna take my saddle. I'm gonna go ride," they didn't want to see me go. They 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 did not say, "Dwayne, man, you are the you are the fastest, flashiest driver on this yard, and we don't want to see you go." What they said was, "Dwayne." Man, you're the steadiest guy in this yard and you don't tear stuff up and you don't dump stuff on the ground. And man, we'd really like for you to stay. And, uh, and so dependability and I have horses, I'll go out with other riders and they'll have horses that are flashier than mine. They'll have horses that cost more money than mine. They'll have horses that'll be faster than mine. Or might be this, or might be that. But it's very rare I go out and ride with other people and they have horses that are more dependable than mine. Especially you go in the line of work that I do, I need horses I can count on. I can't have knob-eds out there running off with students and bucking people off and carrying on. Uh, I can't have it, and they have to be dependable. And if they're not dependable, they get sent down the road. And I need that in people. When you know, Sometimes I take on apprentices, and my apprentices, you know, when they call and ask and apply them, and they're like, I, I don't have much experience with horses. I, I don't, there's a lot I don't know. I don't care about that. If they already knew everything, they wouldn't need to come out here. And, uh, but I'm like, what I require is that you be dependable with what you do know. And I can teach you what you don't know. But I cannot teach you to be dependable with what you do know. Or maybe I could if I had a long enough time and wanted to go through that kind of conflict and headache. But I've already raised my kids. And I don't want to raise any more kids. And so if I have an employee or if I have an apprentice, what I require in them, number one, first and foremost, above all things, is that they are dependable. Uh, Not that they know how to do a rollback on a horse. I want to employ if I say, look every morning at seven o'clock you feed the horses. I don't want to have to think about it anymore. If I tell them every day in the morning and again in the evening, you go around and you scoop up all the horse manure and put it in the wheelbarrow. I I want to know that it's going to be done. And here's the thing, if you cannot be depended on with the little things, Who is going to depend on you with the big things? If I can't depend on you, if your boss, if your spouse, if your parents, if your friends cannot depend on you in the little things, who is going to depend on you in the big things? And dependability is the one ability, it is the one feature, it is the one character trait that you can build yourself without any help, without any schooling, without anything else. It's just a character trait. And, uh, and it's just a case of if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I'm human, and it turns out I am human, and I don't know how to do it, or I physically can't do it, I thought I could, but turns out I can't. If I told you I was going to do it, I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to say, look, I. it turns out I, I didn't know how to do that like I thought I did. Um, you're going to come back and say, I'm going to come back and say, that was heavier than I thought it was and I ain't, I ain't got enough lead in my hip pockets and I can't pick that up. Uh, but before I do come back and tell you that, what I'm going to do is, if I can find a tractor or I can find a hoist or a come-along, or I can grab a buddy that's walking by and, but if there's no way I can do it, I'm gonna come to you. There's, you're not gonna come out there later and find it's just not done. Dwayne just didn't do it. And, uh, and your horse needs to be the same way, You but you have to train your horse like that. Um, you know, they like to say, your greatest ability is availability. That is not true. Now, if you stop and think about it, you've met a lot of people in your life that their mouth says yes. Okay, I'll do that. They're very courteous, very friendly. The mouth says yes. Uh, but their body says screw it. I'm not interested. Uh, you know, I've talked before about that little halflinger horse in Alaska, Rebel. Um, you know, if I did, I did that video about Ben getting bucked off him with um, riding, riding his good saddle. That horse is always available. Now listen to this story and tell me if you don't know people like this. Listen to the story and tell me if there's anything in you that's like this. We go out and we got to catch horses and you got four halters draped over your arm and you walk in the pen. The first horse that meets you is Rebel. You hold a halter out and he will stick his head in that halter. He wants to be caught. Available. Always available. You don't got to chase him down. You don't got to hunt him up. You don't got to run him around the pen. He comes to you and says, here am I. Send me. And so you catch him and you take him out front and you tie him up and you saddle him. And you put him in the string you head up the mountain, about halfway up the mountain. He might decide, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore and buck the guest off and go home. Not dependable. I saw him do it more than once. Available And dependable are two different things. And, you know, the boss, after a while, he'd come out and says, man, take Rebel. I'm not taking Rebel. Rebel needs work. He's a good horse. I cannot depend on Rebel. And if I can't depend on him, I don't want him. And I wouldn't take Rebel out unless I had no other choice uh, because I didn't trust him because I couldn't depend on him. Uh, And dependable, dependable will get you so far so much further in life than anything else will. Let's give you another example. Um, I, uh, in Alaska several years ago, well, I say several, yeah, six years ago, seven years ago. Um, I was going my second time to the police academy after several years. I decided to go back and try again. And I'd gone through and was in law enforcement and then left. And, uh, and at some point when I turned 49, I don't know if it's midlife crisis or what, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to go back out in the Alaska native villages and go back in law enforcement. So I went back to the academy and, uh, and pretty near broke my neck. My neck was already severely damaged from years of abuse and, and me abusing it, getting bucked off and all sorts of stuff just with my life. And so we were doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I was doing a backwards tactical roll, and something snapped in my neck. By the time everything was said and done, uh, I was ambulanced to the hospital, and my spinal cord was within a fraction of uh, of getting severed. And uh, so, of course, I lost my job, and uh, I lost, you know, everything. So I'm sitting there. Workman's comp was paying me three hundred and fifty dollars a week in Alaska. And trying to get out of workman's comp, and so I lost my truck. I lost, you know, I had been making sixty-five thousand a year, and suddenly I went to three hundred and fifty dollars a week, and and so uh, we, I wound up, um, my credit score wound up like four hundred and sixty points. It was bad, and uh, so the, uh, so I got everything fixed, got you know had my surgeries and got everything done and. It took me a while to get back on my feet, working and everything, and so slowly, bit at a time, uh, I got back into working and, and making a living again. And then I decided, well, I need to fix my credit. I need to fix my credit. So slowly, a little bit at a time, I paid off what I owed, and then I. So my credit today is very, very, very very good. And so what was it that I, the major thing that I changed that I went, and this is just an illustration in life. Okay. What was it that I went in, um, in my life? What is the one thing that I changed that I went from a 460 credit score to a 760 credit score? Did I get rich? Thunder? no, I didn't get rich. I I still ain't wealthy today. Some of you folks think I am, but if if I was to sit here and tell you how much money we have in the bank account right now, you'd just be shocked how low it is, okay? Didn't get rich. I still work like a dog to make whatever I make, okay? Uh, Did I get an inheritance? No, I didn't do anything. What happened? I became dependable. I became dependable. It's like I have a balance on my credit card, and today my payment due is $35. Now I'd like to pay the whole thing off, uh, but I'm making $12 an hour and I got a whole hat full of kids, so I can't pay it all off, but I can make that payment today. And I will never miss a payment again. Never again will I miss a payment. And just dependability. And so whenever I got a little bit of extra, I'd sell a horse or you know, do a training job on the side or do something, get some extra, I'd pay off the balances and I'd get the balances paid off. Now I, I have credit cards today, they have no balances on them. And sometimes if when I'm traveling and I need to rent a car, I've got a credit card and I'll use the credit card to rent the car. And when the trip's done and I come home, I sit down and I pay it off. And so the, the credit card companies did not say, man, Dwayne has become very wealthy. Dwayne has this, Dwayne, all it was was Dwayne is very dependable. Anytime he owes us money for the month, he pays it. And that dependability raised my credit score. Now, um, again, it's, it's kind of a moot point. Uh, I'm not going to go get a mortgage and I'm not gonna do any of that and I don't max out my credit cards and stuff. But for me, it was a, it was a question of personal pride. You have bad credit because you have been making bad financial decisions. Well, what can I do to change that? Well, I can't just write a check and pay everything off, but I can change my attitude towards dependability, towards dependability. I had a horse one time, I bought that mare as a, just like a weanling foal. And for those of you who know horses, you'll know what I'm saying. Uh, On her immediate four generation papers, she had wimpy, King. Doc's prescription and Jesse James on her immediate For I didn't have to go back 12 generations to find it. It was right there. She was the best bred and the most athletic horse I think I've ever owned. Uh, I tried and tried and tried to get around that mare. And uh so I got to the point. I'm like, this is, I'm not advanced enough. This is too much for me. She would buck. And I mean, she would buck like you ain't never seen before. So I, there were a couple of fellas I knew that owned a professional cutting and reining horse stable. And so I took her to them because she was so athletic. And I, uh, I left her there for 60 days. And they called me and I went out at 60 days. and like, Dwayne, we're not going to take any more of your money, man. We, this is the only horse we've ever gotten in the barn that we could not get around. We, we can't we've been out of the round pin on her, but we never go out with, without somebody riding with us, and we always have a stiff hold on that night latch, and she's always going to buck. I sold that mare for pennies to a buddy who wanted her for a brood mare. The best bred horse I ever had, the best built, most athletic horse I ever had. I practically gave her away uh, because she was not dependable. It was all worthless. It was worthless. And, and it doesn't matter how intelligent you are. It doesn't matter how fit you are, how strong you are. It doesn't matter who your daddy was or who your mama was. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your skills are or are not. None of that matters if nobody can count on you. If nobody can depend on you, it doesn't count. But that works inversely. It doesn't matter the skills that you don't have. I mean to a degree, all right? Uh, it doesn't matter how athletic you are not. It doesn't matter how poor you are not, I mean, how poor you are. There's a lot of holes can be filled in with just being dependable. Um, and you can become that employee or that friend or whatever it is that everyone knows, you can depend on them. And he said, "Dwayne, there's people who take advantage of that. Of course there are, all right? There's knob-headed, bucket headed self-centered uh, people all around this world. You cannot live your life according to those people. You can't let those people determine how good and worthwhile or how pointless and worthless you're going to be based on how you judge they might treat you. They can't treat you any way at all if they're not in your life. All right, just be dependable. And for the, for horsemen and horsewomen out there, Dwayne, I I got a horse and uh, I'm just learning and this horse is broke to ride. And, uh, what, what, what would what I work on? You, you start working on that horse being dependable. You say, well, how do I go about making my horse dependable? You be dependable. They learn from your example, not from your whips and spurs. And so if I go out and I go walking towards that horse and that horse moves away from to be caught, that horse can depend on me that I'm going to stay right there no matter how long it takes. And I'm not going to quit until they stop letting me catch them. If I want them to be dependable, to be caught. Now, you may have to chew on this for a little bit and think about this. But if I expect them to be dependable in being caught, they have to depend on me to be dependable in catching them. And if I'm going to go out there in 15 minutes and get mad and go get a bucket of grain or something, get frustrated, I'm not dependable. Since they can't count on me to set this course, I will never be able to count on them to follow my course. Does that make sense? Now, we want our horse to be dependable, to turn to the right when we lay the reins on the right. Well, a horse expects us to be dependable to stop asking them to turn to the right when they respond to that signal. You said, my horse is not dependable. I go to turn him to the right, and he gets hard-mouthed, and he's like, I, I don't want to turn to the right Well, you may not be dependable to release that rein and to stop asking him to turn the right when he does. And so he's not dependable because you're not dependable. Um, When you want your horse to be dependable, it's because you're dependable. Because you set a course, you set boundaries, and you stay within that. And your horse knows he can depend on you to, if he goes to walk off when you sat down in the saddle if he knows that he can depend on you to make him back up about 10 steps, after a while you can depend on him to stand still because you are consistent. And if you are consistently backing him up, if he tries to walk forward when you climb up and sit down in the saddle, if you're consistent in him backing up, you're dependable in that, he will become dependable to stand there and be still. And he will consistently stand there when you get in the saddle. But if you're not a consistent, dependable rider, you will never have a consistent, dependable horse. And if you're not dependable and consistent on the ground, my horses know I put a halter on, they put their head down to eat grass, and the halter, I'll bump them up. I'm not doing that. And I'm consistent. It's all the time. And so now I know my horses are consistent. I put their halter on, we walk off and their heads up and they're not continually fighting me trying to snatch grass. They're dependable in that because I'm dependable on my side of things. Okay, so what is the greatest ability in my book? This is just my book. It carries no weight and it has no authority. But in my book is Dependability. And if I can't depend on you, you're not going to have a very deep place in my circle. And if I can't depend on my horse, he's not going to be eating my hay. He'll go on and I will sell an undependable horse to an undependable person because they deserve each other. All right. And uh, so anyhow, we're going to stop there. And the, uh, and just finish out the day. I don't know what I'm going to do the rest of the day. I got some other head work I got to catch up before everybody starts rolling in tomorrow. And, uh, but I hope you guys have a good evening. I hope you have a good week. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next time.